Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Faithless with Lisette Diaz, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here is your host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our third episode of Faithless. This one is titled, Be Still and Know That I Am God. I am Lisette Diaz, your host, and today we're kind of following this trend that we've been talking about, you know, the things that bring you closer in faith to God, the things that bring you to doubt in God or bring you to have a more faithless relationship with God. So we're looking to increase your faith. And so today's episode is is aimed towards that. We're trying to help you and give you the tools that you need to get to this place in your life where if you fall and you feel like your faith is just dropping, you have the tools you need to bring yourself back up. So because we're talking about this phrase, be still and know that I am God, you can already tell that we're talking about the craziness of life. I would like to start with something that we are always given. And it's these false promises. Our world gives us a lot of promises. If you work hard, you're going to have all the things that you want. You're going to have a big house, a nice car, a family, an easy life. And you have to work to be somebody. So when people talk to you, they ask you, oh, so what do you do? I love this question because I'm a teacher. <laughs> so whenever someone asks me, so what do you do? Um, and I say, well, I'm a, I'm a teacher. Oh, That's usually what I get. So the world labels you by this position that you have. They promise you fame. I used to be a singer and I used to perform in a lot of different um, environments. And a lot of the things I saw were people promising you this fame. Listen, I have this deal, I have this recording studio, we can put you up with a soundtrack or or we can put together a disc for you and put it on sale that was always intriguing to me because I thought oh that's so cool I'd love to have my own CD but then I was like I gotta wear makeup and heels for the rest of my life (laughs) that was always a big struggle for me so um they promise you fame they promise you these riches these vacations you're gonna have these awesome vacations if you work hard The world tells you what to want, and God kind of lets you choose what you want. I love the fact that God loves me even though I hate heels and hate makeup and love my poofy hair because that just makes me feel so much better. (laughs) And as a pregnant lady, I can't tell you how much that means to me. So when we look at the world today, they, they give you a lot of advertisements to flood you with these messages of what you need. You need to be attractive. You need to eat certain things. Um, And they flood men with these beautiful women and encourage them to be very masculine and attractive. So overall, to get all of these things, we have to work hard. And so we pick a career to kind of help us get there. Most of us spend four or more years in school trying to get a degree so we can get a job that pays us more money. So when you finally get to that job, you're usually working for a salary, which means that you don't get overtime. 
to finish your work for the week, you usually have to work more than the hours that they say that you're supposed to be working. So when you get home, you're exhausted from working all day or working all week, and you still have to clean up, you still gotta wash dishes, do laundry, you gotta shower, you gotta cook. Some of us even have families that we have to tend to. You know, we have hungry husbands who are also just getting out of work. I mean, we both work, we both gotta do some things, so we gotta help each other out. Then you gotta take care of them too. And then you have kids who need help with homework assignments and they wanna spend time with you. And then you get five minutes at the end of the day to take a breath, like just before your eyes close and you go to sleep, you get that little couple of seconds of bliss. And then you just wake up the next day and do it all over again. So in this constant struggle of working to survive, we really get carried away with things that we think have to be done. The laundry has to be done today. If I don't do the laundry today, the world is going to fall apart. This often puts a big division between us and when you have a family and you look at the kids you know the kids have a very very different idea of what has to be done during the day you tell them the laundry has to be done they're like no no we have to play that's what we have to do so in the kid's mind it's a little bit different than than in our mind even without a family this this leaves very little time for anything else and did you notice that in that entire scenario that I went through we didn't even talk about prayer. And for most of us, it doesn't even occur to pray when we have so much in our minds. That's the way we have been raised in this modern world, where productivity is our new God. We are worshiping a false idol with this productivity. The first commandment says that you shall have no other gods before me. So God is telling us, I am your God. You will not have other gods before me. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church speaks on this very thoroughly. It says, You shall worship the Lord your God, and only him shall you serve. So I found this section to be very important, and I'm going to read this section to you from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It's the section on idolatry. It says, The first commandment condemns polytheism. Polytheism is multiple gods. It requires man neither to believe in nor to venerate other divinities than the one true God. Scripture constantly recalls this rejection of idols of silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. These empty idols make their worshippers empty. Those who make them are like them, so, so are all who trust in them. So. Those who make the idols are empty, and those who make them are like them. So they're empty, and so are the idols. The idols are also empty. So are all who trust in them. Anyone who trusts in these idols become empty. God, however, is the living God who gives life and intervenes in history. Idolatry not only refers to false pagan worship, it remains a constant temptation to faith. Idolatry consists in divinizing, in making divine, what is not God. Man commits idolatry whenever he honors and reveres a creature in place of God. Whether this be gods or demons, power, pleasure, race, ancestors, the state, money, etc., Jesus says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Many martyrs died for not adoring the beast, refusing even to simulate such worship. They didn't even want to pretend that they were worshiping. 
Idolatry rejects the unique lordship of God. It is therefore incompatible with communion with God. In other words, you cannot be in communion with with God. You cannot have this close relationship with God if you're doing idolatry where you are worshiping other things above God. Human life finds its unity in the adoration of the one God. The commandment to worship the Lord alone integrates man and saves him from an endless disintegration. And if you know what disintegrate means, it means to fall apart. It saves him from falling apart endlessly. Idolatry is a perversion of man's innate religious sense. An idolater is someone who transfers his indestructible notion of God to anything other than God. So I feel like that section is really, really important. And it talks about all these things that, you know, this is what idolatry is. And doesn't that sound just like what we do? Especially that section that says a man commits idolatry whenever he honors and reveres a creature in place of God, whether that be God's, demons, power, pleasure, race, ancestor, state, money. It gives you a huge list, etc. And the list continues. When we put honor and reverence to something else above God, when you choose to go to work rather than go to church on a Sunday, you had that choice to make, but you chose not to. Some of us, you know, we have to, we're forced to because it's not able to happen in the workplace. It's just, you're the only person that could do it at that time. And so you you absolutely had to be there. People who work in hospitals, people who are EMTs, you know, those these people have rough jobs that demand a lot of them. But if you didn't have to be there and you chose to be working above having a relationship with God and going going to church, this is what they're talking about. And we really do find ourselves honoring and revering productivity. It's something that everyone hopes to be. Everyone hopes to be productive. And it's it's a vice. It becomes an addiction. So in this world where productivity has become our new idol, and we feel like there's there's really no way to cut it out of our lives, what do we do? I mean, we're bound to the jobs that we have and the roles that we play in these lives that we lead But how do we break out of those bonds? How do we break the habit? Now we're going to go into this reflection of the title of this podcast. And it's one of my absolute favorite Psalms. Psalm 46, verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. What does this verse mean? It seems very simple. Be still and know that I am God. This is one of my favorite verses to meditate on. So we'll go through it step by step. And we'll let's say the whole verse one more time. Be still and know that I am God. So the first part, be. What does it mean to be? It means to exist. When we're overwhelmed with so many responsibilities, we cease to be. We don't exist anymore. We disappear from our own radar in an effort to fit in everywhere else. But why do we do this? You are such an important part of God's plan. Why do you cease to exist? God remembers you and God calls you by name so that maybe if you hear your name being spoken in the breath of the one who created you, you'll remember that you were made with so much purpose, so much love and care that you won't forget yourself. So be, 
exist. Exist in this moment of time where you are, not in the past, not in the future, but in the now. It is incredible how many things we miss because we're always worried about reaching that goal of, you know, saving enough to get the kids to college, paying the bills, taking care of the needs of the kids. And and you end up forgetting about the kids because you're too focused on their needs. It sounds silly, but how many parents have you heard of that or have done it? You know, a lot of us have and, and we don't mean to, but we how many parents take their kids to the grocery store and accidentally leave them in the car and then they realize 10 minutes later that they left their kid in the car and they feel absolutely horrible they feel like a terrible parent because you just forgot your kid in the car how many of us numb ourselves with the latest posts on social media and you just scroll and scroll and scroll through social media for hours looking at absolutely nothing because let's face it we've all done it and we know that it's such a waste of time there's nothing to look at but we just can't stop how many of us have a document in front of us to finish at work and we've already been there an hour more than we had to but we can't move until we finish that document and by the time you realize it you're on your way home late for dinner you didn't even get to contribute to helping set the table you didn't get to say hi to your wife and kids the kids are already in bed how many of us need to get somewhere and we have so much on our minds that you're driving and you get to where you're supposed to go and then you look around and you think how in the world did I get here because you remember that you drove but you don't remember the drive itself not only is that dangerous it's also preventing you from being in touch with you so just be enjoy every second that you're alive yeah things have to get done you, we can't just be bums and let the world fall around us. But when you do things, be aware of yourself. Be aware of the space and time that you're in. Be aware of what you're doing and who you're with. Don't let monotony take over and rob you of the richest experiences in your life. Just be. And the next verse says, be still. Like we mentioned before, our lives are just nonstop, and it seems like this world is just like a giant anthill. Everyone's trying to beat the next person for the highest position. People have places to go. People have play- things to do. There's always music playing, something to distract us from facing the people we are or to keep us from being alone with our thoughts. Have you noticed how much noise we really have around us? If you just take a moment and just listen in your own home in the dead of night, You can hear the sound of the refrigerator running. You can hear the AC turn on and off. You can hear the hum of the TV even when nothing is playing. We're constantly surrounded by sound. And we're surrounded with a lot of visual stimulation. Everything we see is colorful. There's ads with bright images. They pop up and they call attention to themselves. You know, we have billboards. We even have billboards that change the image every so often, every couple seconds. Anything to keep you entertained anything to keep you distracted. But when was the last time you really just shut it all off, closed your eyes, took a deep breath, and just stayed still? No noise, nothing to look at, just you and the silence. We need to be still. We need to surrender our constant entertainment so that we can enjoy this thing that we barely listen to, silence. We never listen to silence. 
and they say that silence is golden, and it's true. You see, in the first book of Kings, chapter 19, verses 11 through 13, God said to Elijah, Go out and stand before me on top of the mountain. So Elijah went up to the mountain, and then the Lord passed by and sent a furious wind that split the hills and shattered the rocks. But the Lord was not in the wind. The wind stopped blowing, and then there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the soft whisper of a voice. And Elijah recognized the voice of the Lord. Not in the raging fire, the storm, or the earthquake, but in the gentle whisper after the storm. So because of this, we need to learn to quiet ourselves. Sometimes we say, we, we pray and pray and pray, and we never get an answer. Well, is that really true? Or was your mind too loud or too busy to hear the whisper of God? With all this noise, it's, it's really easy to lose ourselves. So just take a couple of minutes while you're in the car, before getting out to go to work, Close your eyes, take a couple of nice, deep breaths, and be still. Now the next section is where faith really comes in. Be still and know. See, in the first couple of times you do this exercise that we just talked about, you know, where you close your eyes, you take a couple of nice breaths, and you just be still, you might feel very uncomfortable. And that's okay, that's super, super normal. You might feel super fidgety, and you know there's, there's just so much to do and you're just sitting here and being quiet and it's just a waste of time. And you know, I'm gonna get all science teacher on you. When you're stressed or in constant motion, your body is producing adrenaline and cortisol and other stress hormones. And cortisol is actually considered the stress hormone. And these are meant to keep you up and keep you running and keep you awake. So these hormones are good to have at a certain level. They come from our most primal instinct, you know, fight or flight. Do we need to fight a tiger or do we need to run like crazy? So when we're constantly being powered by these hormones that our body's producing because we're demanding it so much, it becomes like a drug. It starts to do stuff to your brain. When you have too much exposure to cortisol, a high stress life, you start having the symptoms of disorders like PTSD. And PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder, which is commonly identified with soldiers who have had really tough experiences in war and they come home, they can't even hear a beep from a car because it sounds like a bomb. Fourth of July is horrible for people with PTSD because it sounds like explosions and it makes you super paranoid. When you live a stressful life, you start getting these same symptoms and, and you can start having symptoms of depression and anxiety and eventually develop these conditions. When we're in this constant state of stress, your brain starts shutting down the connections to the parts where you do your most common functions like learning and remembering stuff. And when you start forgetting everything, that's when you feel like you're losing control of your life. So in an attempt to control your life, you've lost all control. So then we have to hit the bottom to say, all right, God, I'm going crazy. This is all you. I can't take this anymore. You take it. Now, some of us are wise enough to say that. Others, people who don't have such a strong relationship with God, they might just say, you know what, it's over, and try to end their lives. And yeah, it does get that severe. So before we hit the bottom, 
Let's trust in God. So be still and know. Know that you can trust him. Know that he loves you. Know that he is there for you in good and bad. Know that even when you sin, God is ready to take your hand and lead you down the path of goodness and love. Know that when it seems like you can't even keep your home together, when you can't get it right, the God who orchestrated and made the galaxies, the God who created DNA, the God who made colors, the God who made the sun, the moon, the stars, the God who keeps them in perfect order, that same God, he's already figured it out. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So pretty much, he's just waiting for you to say, Okay, God, it's all yours now. And that brings us to the next section. I am God. And who is God? God is love. And what is love? Just take a look at chapter 13 of Corinthians. Love is patient and kind. It is not jealous, conceited, proud. It's not ill-mannered, selfish, irritable. It doesn't keep record of wrongs. Is not happy with evil, rejoices in the truth. Love never gives up. And its faith, hope, and patience never fail. Love is eternal. And so if God is love then God is patient and kind. God is not jealous or conceited or proud. God is not ill-mannered or selfish or irritable. God does not keep a record of wrongs. God is not happy with evil, but he rejoices in the truth. God never gives up, and his faith, hope, and patience never fail. God is eternal, and that is God. And you know what? We judge him way too much. We think that he must be frustrated with us sometimes. But we just read that he's not selfish, he's not irritable, and that his patience never fails. So we seem to be misjudging him all the time. See, we hold God to the same limitations that we hold humans, which is absurd. We say that the creator of the universe, who holds time in the palm of his hand, who can move the sun at will to dry the earth at the feet of the children of Fatima, we say that that God can't handle our little situations. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you right now, moving the sun is not an easy task. And if God could do it, then God can handle what you've got going on in your life. So let's go back and finish this prayer off. Be still and know that I am God. So put all of those things we said together. Keep them in your mind. Be still and know that I am God. With life being so crazy, like we talked about before with our new God of productivity, how are we supposed to battle against this crazy world? Well, my dear friends, I have great news for you. It's a lot easier than you think. You just have to be willing to have some guts and get it done. But I promise you'll see your faith restored once you put these things to practice. First thing is, at least for those listening in the United States, see, we have this little fancy thing called the First Amendment in the Constitution that says you have the freedom to have a religion and exercise it without infringement from con Congress or the government. Now, you need to know your rights as a worker as well. And because of religious freedom, you have the right to reasonable religious accommodations as long as they don't cause undue hardships on your employer or other employees. So that means that you're allowed to ask for Sundays off so you can go to church. And days of obligation? Yeah, 
you're allowed to ask for those too. And as long as it's reasonable, it is your right to request these accommodations. And if it's, if there's no undue hardship on your colleagues and on your employers, then they have to do this for you. So don't be scared to say it. Many people are scared that requesting something like this is going to cause them to get fired or be discriminated against while they're in work. But guess what? They can't do that. It's illegal. So what I do is that whenever I have job interviews, I always state my priorities. When they ask, is there anything else that you'd like to share? And even if they don't ask, I say it anyway. I say, yeah, actually, see, I'm, I'm a devout Catholic, so I go to church every Sunday and on days of obligation, like Christmas, Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, and there's a couple others that are not as well known, but, we, but they are days of obligation. So because of my faith, I'm not able to work on those days, so I can devote them to prayer with my family. That's what I say. That's it. I'm honest. I'm open at the beginning. And at one point, because I was working in the hospitality industry, I had to add that my absolute priorities were my faith, my family, my school, and then my job. And I let them know that from the beginning, from the first day. And I just made sure that I was a good and honest hard worker. And I never had a problem with these things. They just gave them to me and they were fine with it because they understood that that's the kind of person I was. We just have to be confident and firm in our faith. I was very polite about it and they know the law. I don't need to remind them unless they try and limit my religious freedom. And then I have to, you know, do a little research and enforce my right. So in cases like these, we really need to have courage and confidence in our beliefs as well as faith in God. We also have to have our priorities set. God above all things, always then your family. These two are non-negotiable. After that, it's your decision. But these two things should never be taken out of the priority, especially God is number one. And we spoke about that at the beginning of our podcast. So another thing that you can do is take five minutes of silent time to just be still. And if you want, talk to God or just be silent. Take a break from thinking. It's okay. If you can and have the time, you could do a little meditation. Also, you can do what I do when I just have way too much on my plate. I realize that it's okay to just give my best, and that's it. And that when I give my best, I often do better than when I overexert myself. I set a goal for myself for the day, and I, I do my best to meet that goal. And if I, if I get through it and I can do more, then perfect. If I don't quite get there, but I know I did my best, then that's awesome too. That's okay. See, you have to give yourself credit. It might not be the greatest thing for the person on the other end looking for numbers and productivity, but if you did your honest best, then what more can you do? It's not worth losing your inner peace for a company or for someone who will replace you in a heartbeat. If you're doing your honest best, even if that's not good enough for someone else, it's good enough for God. And he's the only one that really matters anyway. The world's not going to fall around you, I promise. Just trust in God. You do what you can to be the best of your to the best of your abilities and, and you leave the rest in the hands of God. Just know that He has it all handled. So I'm I'm really excited for you to see the miracles that come from these little suggestions. They're and they're so small, but they do so much. It really is amazing. And so just to finish off our episode for today, let's do a final prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, my soul is burdened, my soul is tired, 
Everything in me is just exhausted, and I can't find a way to let go of these burdens. Lord, you said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Well, Lord, today, here I am. I come to you in search of that rest. I give you all of my heartaches, all of my stress, my exhaustion, my feelings of incompetence, my need to control everything in my life. I give it all to you, Lord. And what I ask in return is your peace, your promise to give me rest. Take it all and let your will be done, Lord. I trust you and I love you. Thank you for being so understanding and thank you for taking this burden off of my shoulders. Amen. My dear friends, it has been an honor to share these reflections with you today and I hope that you'll find them to be very useful in your lives. Thank you for sharing this time with me today and we'll meet again next week here on Faithless. May God bless you and keep you always. Amen. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Faithless with Lisette Diaz. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.